welcome to the Retro Blood. You are all my children now. You want to know what happens to an eyeball when it gets Welcome, everybody, to the Retro Blood as we begin a new month here in August where we're going to be talking all about sleazy slasher films. Up next, you think you loved Halloween? You think you loved Michael Myers? Huh. Well, piss on that, brother. We got fucking Edge of the Axe. We got fucking uh, uh, a crazy girl, a guy who had a motorcycle accident. We got some chopping up. We got some. We got some. We got some adultery happening in this film. Ha! Move over, Halloween franchise. We don't need you anymore because the Retro Blood's talking all about the edge of the axe. Jay Allison, James Klein, what's happening, man? What, what's happening, Allison? How you feeling about this August slasher month? Ooh. Oh well, we're just gonna have to see because uh, it's not starting off uh, the greatest that it could possibly uh, start off. You know, I had that. Uh, Earlier, earlier in the month, I had that uh, kind of back issue that I was going through, and uh, now you made me watch this movie Edge of the Axe. So uh, it's not starting off too hot, though. So, well, you know, it can only go up from here. Well, you know, you know, I got a little back injury, and I was going through a couple back injuries <laughs> myself. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it, it's kind of like our boy Gerald. You know, he had a motorcycle accident. He had a scar on his back of his neck and stuff that was supposed to be a red herring for him being the killer, but it wasn't. It was just an it's just a scar he has to just get rid of. You know. This hard bark. <laughs> exactly. But, so, you know, like, actually watching this movie was a little bit more painful than my back injury. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it goes like that for some of these sleazy uh, slasher films. And um, it, it's kind of funny, too, because did you see the trailer for this film? Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't, okay, so it's kind of like, it, basically, it's like, okay, move over Halloween. You know, we have the new yeah. killer here. Okay, yeah, we have this exactly. fucking un- Uncle Fester-looking motherfucker <laughs> We have we have uh, seven from uh, WCW out here killing yeah, people now. That's, that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. And I thought the mask looked pretty cool. Like, I think the reason I, I didn't like this so much was because when I watched that trailer and then I, everything I saw about the movie, I expected to love it. Yes. You know what I mean? I, my expectations were so high, and I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. I, I really couldn't. I mean... I don't know. You're a filmmaker. Maybe you can explain some of this shit to me. But like, I just couldn't. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Well, so you know, we'll get into it. Obviously, in long form here pretty soon. That's what we do here yeah. on the Retro Blood, brother. Plus, talk about the history segments. But something I noticed while watching this film was when you're watching it at the beginning, you're like, okay, this is going to be pretty good. It has a lot of '80s stuff that we like. Okay, mm-hmm. it has some campiness when it comes to like some of the death scenes. Okay. Yep. We have a killer walking around scaring people. Okay. We have mm-hmm. a... We're, we're developing a backstory. And that will be explained, obviously, a little later. 
and we have some sex and we have some adultery. You know, everything that the 80s kind of is all about. But it, right. for some reason, this film just like, you know, what, you know what it was? And I know exactly what it was. And I can't have anybody else tell me that it wasn't. It was the fucking country music that they put in this fucking film that they did not need. It was just some random <laughs> country fucking music everywhere, and it just killed the vibe. If they just would have put some 80s synthesizer shit in there, I think it would have been a lot better. Yeah. yeah, it's a European movie. I mean, what the fuck? What were they thinking? Well, I, actually, I think I know what they were thinking, and I think this is the problem with the movie, is that I think that your, your complaint is not the problem. I think it's just a symptom. Um, so to me, what this seemed like, and, and I'll, I'll give examples of this as we go through the movie later on, but it was almost like, um, this, you know, this production company, the Spanish production company that was making this movie. Um, also, by the way, guys, three of the movies we're watching this month are Spanish for some random reason. Yeah. But anyway, we'd even like um, plan that <laughs> we'd even plan that. Um, but three of them are, um, but anyway, so the Spanish production company saw American slasher movies from the early eighties and late seventies and said, let's make one of those. Okay. What are the formula? What's the formula for that? It's almost like they use like an AI program. Um, <laughs> like our, like our main character, our computer guy, main character or whatever. Maybe they use his computer to like use some kind of program to put together like a, you know, like a, a combination of every 80s American slasher movies. Because honestly, I mean, as much as I love European cinema, I love American slasher movies. I think Americans do slasher movies better than anybody. Um, you know, and usually, usually Americans kind of start off doing something really good in film and then they somehow fall off. And then like Europeans and the Japanese sometimes take that over and do better. Like with Westerns, Americans did Westerns better than anybody on the planet until they didn't, and then all of a sudden the Italians were doing Westerns better than Americans were. Um, but American slasher movies, I mean, that's, slasher movies is just something that's just, that's, it's, just a, it's just American. Like, it's just like, that's like the definition of America for me. It's like a, a slasher movies, um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's slasher movies, jazz, pro wrestling. Those are all three American art forms, in my opinion. Yes. Um, but, um yeah, it's almost like they tried to make an American slasher movie and then they would put in a plot point like, well, this plot point doesn't make sense. Well, in Friday the 13th Part 3, this didn't make any sense, so it doesn't have to make sense. So let's just put it in here. And I think both <laughs> of the, you know, I think this movie and next week's movie, which I've seen before, also kind of fall prey to that a little bit. But uh, this movie is especially bad. It's just like, I, it's, I don't know. It's. We'll talk about it as we get into it. But yeah, it's almost like they tried to copy an American movie but didn't really understand what they were trying to copy. Yes, and then the booking in the movie is uh, questionable as well, too. I don't even understand the booking in this. Like, who booked this shit? Like, this was <laughs> terrible. Like, it doesn't even make any sense at all. Like, I don't... Like, none of these none of these characters... I, I hated all of these characters. I wanted all of them to die. Yes. Yeah, Um. I did have a favorite character in this film, but it won't be who you think it is. So we'll get into that here pretty soon. But like on every Retro Blood episode, we want to talk what's happening around the pro wrestling and metal scene during the release date of this film. Now, this one does have two release dates. There's one in Spain, and then there's the one that came to America. Usually we do the one in America because, you know, obviously me and Allison will be living in America during the 80s, rocking out in the Trans Am. So it's kind of funny. So this one was actually not even in theaters. It was a VHS release. So we would be no, heading we, we would be heading to the local blockbuster or the um, rent zone or whatever whatever they had whatever video rent store they had in the fucking 80s. 
Yeah. So we'd be uh, uh, setting those up. So the release date of this VHS was on September 15th, 1989. And I always like talking about this particular year. You know, we're, we're transitioning out of the 80s or going into the 90s. Um, it's not like a big transition, but, you know, everybody's always talking about, oh, the 90s are coming, the 90s are coming. So, you know, especially when it comes to pro wrestling, um, this is like a big uh, switch of what's it's crazy how how popular wrestling was in the 80s and how unpopular it's about to be here in the 90s until the late 90s so it's a really really crazy little switch area during this time um but the pro wrestling i have is i have two shows two back-to-back dueling house shows done by wcw and the wwf so every time we have like dueling house shows i like to see which one would me and allison like to go to more so, and then all of you guys, you guys can also, you know, pick which one you would like to do as well as well. So yeah. let's go to the, uh, let's do the WWF one first, because okay. usually, usually me and Allison agree on the WCW ones a lot better, but you know, let's see, let's see what's happening at the, let's see what's happening at the F brother. Mm-hmm. So this, oh, this is a, so this show was in Los Angeles sports arena. So Ooh. usually when it, usually when the F is around Los Angeles, New York, Chicago, they usually have pretty hot crowds. Yeah. So let's see. Let's see what we got over here. Okay. So let's see what we got here. We have Dino Bravo. He is going one on one with Jim Neidhart. Oh, okay. Let's put the butts uh, in the seat. That's not a bad start. I mean, I, if, if that was the first match, you'd be like, okay, it could be a good show. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, pretty solid wrestler. Two big guys. So, mm-hmm. um, Allison's favorite, Akeem. He is going one on one with Hillbilly Jim. Mm. That's a comedy match, I would say. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, Akeem, Akeem is not good. Is not bad, but you know, Hillbilly Jim probably is near the getting toward the end of his days. I would say at this point. Yes. Yeah. It's pretty soon he's going to become a, a manager. Hillbilly Jim. Yeah. He'll be uh, managing the uh, the Godwings. Here later on in the 90s. Uh, a Retro Blood stable mate. He should be on the show. We should get him. To, we should try to find him and do some interviews with him. Ron Garvin. He is on here. Yeah. And he defeated Greg Valentine. So that would definitely be a fun match. That would be great. Um, did you? So there's something I learned about like Ron Garvin like recently. Oh, is it going to be what I think it is? Oh, uh, maybe not, but... <laughs> It's not nothing bad. Uh, it's just a story okay. that I didn't really, I didn't really um, know until I, I was listening to some other wrestling podcasts and stuff. You know, I like to get my news from everywhere. So apparently, a long time. This is back in the seventies. Okay. Ron Garvin. Th- there are some more people that were on this video, but it was Ron Garvin and it was Bob Orton. And apparently, they were in a rival. Pr- they were like, um, you know, this is big territories are going back and back territories. I think it was Memphis. I, I think it was. It could have been a different territory. But there's this one territory. They were asking for some more money. And if they didn't get it or they didn't get what they wanted, you know, like with control and stuff, they actually made a videotape uh, uh, kind of like, you know, like the, doing like the magic secrets. They were, they were yeah. doing a whole videotape about secrets of wrestling, of how they do this, how it's all a work. How, yeah. you know, how they do all these moves, how they, how they get the crowd involved, how they do all this stuff. Because, you know, back in that time, it, even a little bit during this time, you know, the kayfabe was pretty, was pretty real. I, I wouldn't say the kayfabe necessarily died 
It probably when the biggest thing I noticed when you know you find out wrestling wasn't real was mm. was more like towards the later '90s, going into 2000, because I remember myself. Like this is probably wrestling has probably just been you know everybody's probably knew it was like not real but when I started watching wrestling you know I didn't know that I was just watching it as a show and it was my first week of watching wrestling I watched the Bret Hart documentary remember that wrestling with shadows documentary that yeah, Bret Hart that's did great yeah so yeah. imagine being a new fan like me okay and probably my third to fourth wrestling thing I've ever saw was a whole Bret Hart documentary of Wrestling with Shadows. And that's all about how the inner workings of wrestling is. So, you know, most fans, you could be included, you know, when you watch first watch wrestling, especially at a young age, you probably think, you know, this shit could be real. Yeah. And then me, I was like the total opposite. Like I knew it was like fake at the right, the fucking beginning, <laughs> but I still watch it anyway. Well, that makes, that kind of makes sense in a way though, because when you watched it, because you, you started watching it kind of in the 90s when it was kind of hard to believe that it was real anymore. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in the 80s, like, you, I could kind of see that. Like, you know, when I was a little kid in the 80s watching that Jim Crockett, I could see that. And I'm like, okay, well, this could be a real fight, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, because, I mean, I think that's a common, that's a problem with wrestling now. Um, well, when you watch WWE, you almost can't help but jump out of it, like, you know, jump out of the kayfabe. But, like, I think that part of the problem now is not that people need to believe that wrestling is real. It's that fans think they're part of the show. Like, they think they're they're one of the boys. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like that, like, you shouldn't, like, during a wrestling show, um, you shouldn't... Um, even though you know that it's not that it's not real, that it's not a sports competition, that you you should pretend like it is. Like like you should be part of the show in the aspect that you're, you know, you're pulling for your guy and you hate the other guy, which is hard for me because usually if I want to watch a match, even if I don't, even if I don't like the heel or whatever, I really respect his work. But I feel like that you should you should pretend to be part of the show. Instead of like pretending they're like you're you're in on the secret club because they're in a club you're not in a club if you're on the other side of the barrier you're not in a club yeah um, you're you're not a wrestler you're not part of the show in that aspect um, but I think that's 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 the only thing that's wrong with wrestling now is that that there's too many fans that use the word like use the word heel at a show or things like that like just just go to a show and have fun but anyway. I think I got off. Sit topic. down and give us your money, Marks. <laughs> right. So basically, uh, the, the the tape basically was going to uncover these secrets about wrestling. And, you know, like we were saying during that particular era, even a little bit to this era, you know, the kayfabe was yeah. real. So oh, basically yeah, what they did yes. was they they had this in their back pocket. If they didn't get what they wanted, more pay or, or better creative, they were going to release the tape. So they eventually didn't release the tape. Their their careers were fine. But, you know, people were talking because this, this tape like, got uncovered. You know, a couple of years back, and people can watch it probably on YouTube and stuff. Maybe if I could find it, I'll play it on the YouTube. But um, apparently, you know, if this tape got released, just think of how different, you know, these these careers of Ron Garvin and Bob Orton would have been. They probably would have been blackballed from the business because, you know, back oh, then, sure. if you, if, you know, back then, you even had to like, you couldn't even lose like fucking fights at the bar. Okay. Like, mm. you, you got to keep all the fucking kayfabe real. So. Yeah, and you couldn't even go to the bar. Like I remember uh, Jim Cornette on his show one time telling a story about uh, you know because all those Crockett guys lived in Charlotte, 
And he went to Carowinds one day, and Ricky Morton happened to be there, and he left because he didn't want to accidentally run into Ricky Morton at, at Carowinds. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's crazy. Like, you live your whole life based on this gimmick. Yeah, pretty um, much. But, I mean, that's the way it was then. Um, but that's weird, though. That the, So, is this this is Bob Orton Jr., Cowboy Bob Orton? Yeah, Cowboy Bob Orton and Ron Garvin. Okay. And then some other people are on the videotape as okay. well. All right, yeah. And then... Um, so that's just so weird. That doesn't that doesn't seem well thought out. So they were going to blow up the whole business if they didn't get what they wanted. Well, no, they were going to. They wanted to blow up that particular territory. Uh, and, well, okay, I forgot. You're right. It's a territory time, so that that yeah. wouldn't have gone across the whole world like it would today. Yeah, because right. yeah, good thought. Yeah, I mean, maybe it probably would have spread, you know, during the during the years and stuff. But it was mostly they were gonna, probably going to give it to the local territories market and play that videotape, mm-hmm. like you know, give it to like a news station or something for them to play it to to yeah. destroy that particular area. So, well, there is a video tape that was done later. I think it was in the '80s by a wrestler whose name I can't recall right now. I don't think he was super famous, and he definitely wasn't super famous after this came out, but. I think he was on like a 2020 type show or something is where this tape is from. And he's showing like how, how they, how people blade and things like that. Um, but I think that's on YouTube if you can watch it, but that did come out and I don't think that guy ever wrestled again. Yeah. Cause you doing doing that shit during this, you'd be black fucking blackballed everywhere. If you, yeah. If you weren't like, you know, beat up or possibly killed. Yes, exactly. So moving on to this car, we also have Jim Duggan. Big time oh, 80 yeah. star versus Ted DiBiase, and he defeated Ted DiBiase. So we definitely have some stars mm-hmm. on this show so far. So uh, far, yeah. So this would be the two major matches to see. And we have talked about these matches before, but, you know, during house show loops, they, they usually run the the same matches over and over again. Uh, but it doesn't mean they're not going to be as great. So we have Demolition, Axe and Smash versus the Brain Busters, Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard, and they won- and then uh, Axe and Smash they won by disqualification. By yep. uh, of course, to retain the WWF tag belts, brother. So you know, definitely a good, both great teams. Um, you know, Brain Busters, Demolition. We talked about both teams here before on the Retro Blood, but you know, how can you go wrong with seeing a, a great tag tag team match like that as well? Um, then we have the main event. Um, definitely, this probably would have been definitely a sellout. We have Hulk Hogan, the WWF champion. He defeated Macho Man Randy Savage to retain the WWF title strap, brother. Mm. How long did that match go? Does it give times? It doesn't give times, but I would see him okay. 10 minutes probably. Yeah. For a Hogan match. And, but, you know, Hogan and Macho has always had good chemistry. So, you know, you know you're definitely getting a, a good show with yes. that one. So, definitely. Was, I'm sure that was great. So, definitely a big marquee match um, card to go see in Los Angeles. So, that's going to be kind of hard to beat. But let's see what WCW, NWA WCW, by the way, is doing around mm-hmm. this time. September 15th, 1989. We are at St. Louis, Missouri. Ooh, that's a good stopping grounds for WCW. So, looks like they're, they're fighting back with the good card. So we have... What's the venue? The venue, let's see. Let's see if it gives me the venue. Um, the Kale the Kale Auditorium. Kale Auditorium. Okay, yeah, that's a classic... Classic, uh, brother. Classic venue, yeah. I think that uh, NWA is about to run there again, or they just did for one of their pay-per-views. Oh, nice. So we have the Cuban Assassin. He defeated Ooh. Richard Sarton. All right. Okay, okay. Uh, Okay. We have the uh, Allison's favorite team, the Dynamic Dudes, 
Johnny Ace and Shane Douglas defeated the New Zealand militia, Jack Victory and Rip Morgan. Oh yes, they have Love made Jack their Victory. they have made their return to the to the retro blood brother, Jack Victory. Oh, check out this match, and this is a weird one. But I, I assume it would be a good one. We have Butch Reed defeated Scott mm-hmm. Hall. What a match that would have been. Hmm. I wonder if he was going by the now, That would have been stud. a good match. That was probably blonde Scott Hall, right? Uh, no, actually, because he was about to be into the Fed pretty soon. Okay. Because doesn't he join the WWF around 90, 91? So I'm pretty sure this is like the Diamond Stud era. Okay. Like, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was... Blonde Scott Hall was first, and then they yes. talked him and dyed his hair black. Yes. Yeah. To become that, that gimmick, the diamond stud guy. Uh, here is one of my favorite low-key tag teams of all time. This is me. The Skyscrapers, brother. Dan Spivey and Sid Vicious. Oh, what mm-hmm. a great fucking team. God. Versus the Steiner brothers, Rick Steiner and Scott Steiner. Of course, this one ended in a double countout. So... Definitely, they they actually wrestled on pay per views before, so this is probably just doing a couple, um, you know, doing doing the loop, brother, to get the match good for the pay per view and the TV. But the skyscrapers are definitely, we talked about them uh, before here in the retro blood, but definitely two big jacked up dudes fighting. Like I, you know, I think they could do a, a good skyscraper team nowadays. And if I was gonna put a, sky, a sky, skyscraper team, it'd probably be Lance Archer and Wardlow. Ward together i think they would be a good tag team yeah i think that that would be great if they weren't pushing wardlow to the top which is what i think is gonna i mean i think it's gonna happen then that would be fantastic i think that would be good for lance archer too yeah because um, I, I feel like lance is yeah yeah lance is not getting the respect he deserves i mean he, he needs to be in bigger matches and he needs to be winning matches and yeah he's in the g1 right now so we'll see he's how he G1, does it yes. But they also, um, they were fighting the Steiner brothers. So, you know, obviously Rick and Scott Steiner, one of the biggest tag teams of all time. Um, so, yeah, definitely a, a good um, hard-hitting matchup there. Another uh, 80s favorite, Lex Luger, defeated Tommy Rich, brother, to retain the WCW United States Championship belt. So, good old-fashioned match. They, they definitely were, you know, people always give on to Lex Luger, but I always thought Lex Luger was a pretty good wrestler. You know, he wasn't like Mr. Like Catches Catch Can guy, but I thought he was he was great. I thought he was especially when he was in WCW, I thought he was a lot better as a a character and a wrestler. Um, yeah, I mean I, I, I agree with that. Like I really liked him actually, and I'm probably I'm probably in a minority in this, but I really liked him when he was in uh, NWA Wolfpack. Oh yeah, yeah, there you go. The Wolfpack Lex Luger brother. So we have um up next we have Dick Murdoch defeated. The Great Muda. And by disqualification for the WCW World Television Championship. So, not not too bad of a match. You know, the Great Muda. I always like the Great Muda versus Sting. I was like, well, that's uh, the classic, right? Yeah, that's the classic ones. But, you know, Great Muda was definitely coming to WCW a lot during this time. And definitely into the 90s as well. So, he was getting his foot in the door. Yeah, and... Cause they, yeah. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. I was going to say, because, yeah, these shows are actually leading up to Clash of Champions 8, I think. Yes. Um, which would happen the next month. And um, which the main event of that was supposed to be uh, Ric Flair and Sting versus Terry Funk and Great Muda. But um, 
for some reason, Terry Funk couldn't be in that. I guess he was injured or something, so they replaced him with Dick Slater. Yes. Um, but, yeah, you can tell, like, these are all practice matches kind of for setting up for that because the Steiners are in it versus yes. the Skyscrapers. And, yeah, so these are all, like, practice matches for that. And they still do that nowadays. You know, yes. so this is well, nothing new. When they did house shows, they did. Yes. I don't know if anybody's doing house shows now. Uh, there's a couple. I think the WWF still does uh, some house shows here and there. Okay. Uh, because, you know, a lot of times they'll, they'll do matches. Like, you know, one example is uh, Seth Rollins versus uh, Matt Riddle. You know, at the house shows, they always doing those matches. So, a lot of times when somebody's in a feud or they're gonna have the big pay per view match or a big TV match, they'll put the same matches on the house show. They give some practice with them, maybe learn some yeah. new moves and stuff, make it a lot more solid. So that does yeah, definitely be something in wrestling. Like. Exactly. So the main event up against Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage is Ric Flair versus Dick Slater. And oh, a Texas yeah. death match to retain oh. the WCW World Heavyweight Championship belt, brother. And, of course, oh, Ric Flair won. So, wow. definitely, yes. Definitely a, uh, a, probably a hard work match. Very, very bloody match. I, I guarantee you Ric Flair is bleeding all over the place in this fucking match. So, so that means they'd already taken Funk out of this program at this point. He'd already been hurt or whatever happened to him. Yes. Yeah, so they were working with Dick Slater already to get him ready for to get something ready for for Flair. Exactly. Which apparently they did that with having it by having a Texas Death match, but yeah, uh, that would have been fantastic. And you know, I would rather go to the WCW show than the WWF one. Yes, uh, this one's kind of close for me, man. Like, I mean, we got that, we got that demolition and. Um, Brain Busters match would have been very fun. And, of course, Hulk Hogan. And I really like Randy Savage during this time. Whew, boy. But I don't know, man. The skyscrapers were there. Fuck. Plus, in the L.A. Sports Arena, that would have been an amazing. That would have been a really good place to see that show, too. Yeah. Of course, Kilo Auditorium is pretty small. Yeah, so. that's true. That's a bit a lot more louder. Yeah. Whew, that's a, that's a toss-up, man. man. That's, that's a toss-up. Toss Godly. I'm about to. For, for me. I'm about to go with the F, the WWF show. Okay. Just because I, I, I would regret it if I never saw Hawk Hogan and Randy Savage match live. Nah, true. true. Okay, good point, good point. You never know when that might end, right? Exactly. You know, for all we know, uh, you know, three or four years later, after three or four years from now, Hulk Hogan might go to the uh, WCW. You never, yeah, you never know. know. Crazier things happen, right? Yeah, yeah. And we're about to go to the 90s and stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the Hulk Hogan's dying down a little bit, you know what I mean? You don't know, yeah. you know, what contract deb debuts and everything. So yeah, I definitely had to check out the F show. Yeah, this is uh, this is also Ho the Hogan era where he had no beard, right? No, I think that was. But did he ever? No, I or or no mustache? Because at some point, I feel like his career really went downhill once he shaved. I think that was in the during the steroid trial where he had no mustache. Okay. Yeah, so that's so a little bit more. Later than yeah, it's a little bit more in the '90s, but it's, it's getting okay. there. Basically, he's like, yeah. "This is the this is the Hulk Hogan that's about to lose to the Ultimate Warrior." That's what this Hulk Hogan is. So, yeah. this is more the Hogan uh, dabbling in the movies, Hulk yeah. Hogan during this particular time. He's, he's basically he's basic yeah he's basically almost like a how we would do like a part time champion right now. I would say. Mm, yeah. Even though he's going to the house shows and everything, but he would be like their version of a part-time champion right now. So, yeah. So what else, what do we got in the uh, metal? 
and this release right, date. So, of, what, what would we be listening to all the way to the blockbuster? So uh, we would be listening to a pretty amazing album. This came out. So this this movie came out on the fifteenth of September, right? Yes. Is that what you said? Yeah. So now. If we didn't go on the day that it came out, because the movie was probably checked out. So, you know, back in those days, you always had to wait a couple of days because the movie was never in stock. So we're waiting a couple of days, a few days from now, three days to watch Edge of the Axe. So on September 18th, we're driving to, to, to rent a zone, to rent in the Trans Am, to rent Edge of the Axe. Because we've wanted to see this. We've been yeah. reading about it in Fangoria well, we magazine. The, well, we saw the fucking commercial. The trailer. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, we saw the damn trailer. So fucking we told me see it was better than so Halloween. Bad. I mean, they, right, right, and so, and, and I've been waiting on something that is better than Halloween. <laughs> so on September eighteenth, um, we got a release from a Swiss thrash metal band called Coroner, who a lot of people have not heard of. Coroner kind of fell by the wayside in the eighties. Um, they're actually together again now, but they made a few albums and then it kind of just you know fell to the wayside. But they were like a they were like a they were kind of ahead of their time. So they were a thrash band from from Switzerland that had incorporated a bunch of other kinds of sounds. So like they had they were they were heavy and they had really cool guitar solos, but they also had a lot of progressive elements to them, like a lot of progressive rock and a lot of like kind of like an almost industrial like goth type sound. Um, but they uh, they released this album called No More Color uh, that day which um, is a really, really good album. Um, and it was like right when they kind of started changing from their progressive, I mean, from their thrash sound to a more avant-garde kind of industrial sound. And I'm not really a huge fan of industrial music anymore for the most part. So anytime I hear those elements in, in my metal, it kind of turns me off a little bit. So this would have been like the last and my probably really good corner album. But um, it is really good, and you should check it out. Um, Corner, no more color. So that's what we would be cranking on our cassette deck in Boom. the uh, Trans Am. We'd be rocking out to that corner, brother. Fucking yeah. driving. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we'd be so. You know, it's kind of funny. I, I can't. It just. I'll, I'll, obviously, I always before we get into the reviews, I always play like the trailers. You know, to get everybody all pumped yeah. up, get us all pumped up for the movie. It just, uh, with this trailer, it was just like, you know, you've seen Michael Myers, you've seen these slashers and stuff. And but so at this, at the particular time when this movie came out, we're already like out of Halloween four. Okay. Yeah. Halloween five is about to come out and this motherfucker is trying to compare it to it. I mean, fuck Halloween four blows this fucking movie out of the water. Oh yeah. I mean, Halloween Mm -hmm. four is a great film. Yeah. Now if it come out like, you know, around the time Halloween six came out, I'd be like, okay, maybe I'm ready for it. Or maybe like H2O or something. yeah, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous to think. It's ridiculous for anyone to think that this movie was as good as Halloween. And I I hate I always hate to tell people that their opinions are wrong, but if you like this movie better than Halloween four, you're fucking wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're you just wrong, don't brother. like movies. That's my favorite <laughs> yeah, exactly. content from people who <laughs> who disagree, right? You just don't like movies. Do you think our um <laughs> Yes. So yeah, but we'll definitely be rocking out to some music on the way. So we'll we'll play a little bit of the the band after the show, get you guys rocking mm-hmm. down to some of them. Uh, but let's get into talking a little bit about the movie. So obviously we were talking about earlier. This, this is like a co-production between Spain and the United States, brother. We are international uh, with this film. Um, so it took place. Uh, the filming location was Big Bear Lake. Big Bear Lake. That sounds like a wrestler. Hey, we got Big Bear Lake coming out here, brother. 
<laughs> think about that. It does, though, doesn't it? Big, Big Bear Lake, brother, uh, built at 190 pounds. I'm mean, 100, 290 pounds, brother, from the from the California regions. That was fantastic. Yes, and Big we, Bear Lake, and it was also in Midgard in 1987. Was was it, it featured both American and Spanish actors, or us? Uh, well, one of the girls sound fucking Russian, but we'll get to her here in a little bit. <laughs> Um, so not too much, you know, like I said, there was a mixture between the cast and stuff and they were just filming on here. Uh, there's not a whole lot of like background to this movie that I actually found. Uh, most of the time, you know, we're just, obviously they probably made this movie like you were saying, because they saw the success of Halloween, they saw the success of Jason and stuff like, okay, we're going to get our, our franchise rolling with, with this. Yeah, and it and didn't really pick thing, off. Yeah, and another thing too that's really disappointing is the guy that directed this. Like, I was shocked. Like, um, so when I looked up who directed it, was like Jose Ramon Larraz, who has made some really, really good movies. I mean, he he made The House That Vanished. He made this 1974 vampire movie that I it has. It's like Vampires of the Y. I think it's called. It's pronounced Vampires that I really like. And he made um, this movie, called, this uh, spaghetti western called Watch Out Gringo, Sabato Will Return, that was fantastic. So this guy has made some really good movies. This just isn't one of them. Um, this was near the end of his career. He only made one movie after this. And it's just weird that he went out on uh, such a low note. He made Rest in Pieces the year before this, which is better. Um, I just don't, I don't know. I don't know what happened with this. But anyway, let's it's, continue on. It's probably, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, well, you know, I'm going to, try my hand at the slasher i'm gonna try to make it because you know i I'd had some traditional slasher stuff in it like we like we were saying but it just True. i think the whole vibe of the film just just didn't work so i think that's mm-hmm. probably like the biggest thing that i would mm-hmm. say but uh let's get into it let's get into the full breakdown of edge of the axe everyone has always been a quiet little town. A series of brutal murders have been committed in the area by what appears to be a madman. I tell you, this place stinks of death. A neighbor found her body a couple of hours ago. My God. Rita Miller was hacked to death. The sharp, wide-bladed instrument. Everything's gonna be all right. Charlie, is that you? I want him captured. Okay, so we open the movie and the... So... (laughs) The first thing I know is right away, because I always like to know, you know, it's always fun to see like the scenery that they have in the films and stuff. So we're, we're at a sparkle car wash. Yeah. And we the wash fuck, vans. They what? 
see the sign the sign says we wash vans that's what that shit said it was kind of blurry but yes we watched vans <laughs> which i guess is a thing that you couldn't though in the 80s was hard to do was find a car wash that you could that washed vans yes but anyway well this Sorry, one does brother funny. sparkle they have it they have it going on they know what to do so we're also out of chevron too and did you notice the gas prices i did so awesome. i have a funny story about that <laughs> So gas prices were 99 cents in 1989. Yes. Um, in California. So I remember I did, wasn't driving in 1989, but I can remember driving in like the early 90s and gas being around a dollar a gallon. Um, of course, I didn't make nearly as much money as I'm making now. I didn't have that retro blood money that you know we got coming in every week. But, yeah. Um, but <laughs> but um, but you know I, I I wasn't making nearly as much money. But yeah, I remember gas prices being a dollar, which is kind of crazy to think about now. Yeah, exactly. And, and it also had diesel was it was like a dollar, and then unleaded was a dollar five. So I was like, man, there you go. It's crazy. Yeah. So we see a lady smoking in her car, and she's driving yes. up to a car wash. Mm-hmm. So she's getting her whole car. So this is this is kind of unique. We have a <laughs> death by car wash scene. Okay. Yes. Have you ever have, seen uh, somebody go in a car wash and kill somebody in a car wash? Is that is that even like impossible? Uh, well, that was going to be my question for you. Like, I have a oh. question already. Like, it starts off with a question, just like the burning did. Yes. Can you stand inside a car wash while it's on? I mean, like, is that possible? Well, he did have a raincoat on. Oh, yeah, but all those like brushes and things are moving back and forth. Like, I'm pretty sure. Like, maybe I, I he went know. to the never... waxing part. Maybe, maybe he's standing between. This doesn't even make any fucking sense. Although this, I thought this was pretty cool though. Like I, at first, yeah. I thought, "Wow, this is starting off hot." Like, yeah. You know, I, re- I mean, I always hate when people smoke in their cars with the windows up. So I already wanted to see this lady get killed. <laughs> but I, I, but I, um, I, I thought, "Wow, this is pretty cool." You know, he's going to kill this this lady in a car wash with an axe. Yeah. So we have fucking um, the edge uh, of it. Yes. Yeah, oh, I'll see what you did there. Nice. Yeah. So we have this guy. He kind of so anybody who watched wrestling, you know, on here, especially during the uh, WCW era, this motherfucker looked like Dustin Rhodes when he played Seven. He did. Okay. Yeah. So he has like this white mask on, and he has like a trench coat and a hat, and then, of course yeah. he uses an axe, and of course, and then like I was saying before, like there's like these like weird country songs going on. Right, because that's America, right? Yes, America. That, just that's why the country. country music is in it. It's yes. because it's like that's that. It's like what's American country music? All right, let's put that in there. Yes. So we have some weird country song going on. We have this guy on a bike, and he passes by a, a church, or First Baptist Church, and I noticed right away that the text in this movie kind of looked like like typing. There's like a lot of like typing. It's like that typing uh, graphics that it used. Kind of reminds you of X Files. You mean like the credits? Yeah, the credits. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, when they came out. Yeah, I thought so, too. I was like, well, I mean, it's probably the cheapest font they could get yes. or whatever, I guess. I don't know. I don't know how they did credits then. I mean, did they have computers to do that kind of thing? Probably not. No, I mean. I, I have no idea. I have no idea how they did credits back in the 70s and the 80s. Did they? It's you know probably what I mean? did whatever editing program they had. They'd have editing programs. They edited oh, movies by hand. Well, I have no idea how they did it then. Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, that's just one of those things. I have no idea how they did credits. But anyway, that's, this show's not about credits. It's about horror movies. That's, that's what it's all about. So we get the first of one of my favorite characters, even though he didn't really do anything. We have Brock, the old man. 
Brock. So this guy shows up. His name is Gerald. All right. Mm -hmm. And he gives Brock something. He's like, oh, hey, fucking, uh, you didn't turn off all that crap you had, that fucking wasted electronics. When I got that fucking bill, I almost died. I was like, this guy's cool already. And the guy's like, what the hell? The girl guy's like, what are you talking about, man? He's like, here, I got you this present. He's like, is this one of them gizmos that's fucking wasting my electronics, uh, my electricity? And he's like, and then basically we're we're establishing that this girl guy is like a computer guy. And he keeps his computer on at the house a lot. And then our our boy Brock thinks he's wasting electricity because he has to pay the bill, brother. Yeah. And he gives him like a a shirt. Yeah. He also gives him like a shirt. That's what's in the box. All right. Right. So, um, Gerald, he's now setting up his computer. Um, so we're seeing the 1980s style computer mm-hmm. where, you know, this is big during the time. You know, everybody, this is when the computers were starting to, starting to blow up a lot. People were like really yeah. getting into it. Um, we had the killer view outside and everything. And we see, <laughs> so this girl didn't really have a name. So I named her Pig Farm Girl. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. So the pig farm girl, it's like uh, she, obviously she lives on a farm where there's pigs, uh, and pigs. the pig starts squealing a little bit, and she gets kind of confused. All right, so she goes out there, she looks around, she like touches something really quick, looks confused, and goes back inside. <laughs> and then while she's inside, she hears some more noises, uh, and then she eventually sees some blood on the floor, and it's a dead pig's head in her room. Yeah, but before that, we have another issue. So I hated this too. So okay, so beginning of this movie is fine. I, then when we saw the pigs, I was like, "Oh, this reminds me of Motel Hell. Anything with yes. pigs in it's scary." I love pigs in horror movies, but then the like the blood on the floor just looks so cheap. Like you can see through it. Yeah, but like if you look, if you go back and look, you can see the wood grain through the blood. Yeah, like you can't see through real blood. Real blood is thick. It just I don't well, know. Maybe this like, maybe like, this particular pig had a bad diet. Maybe, maybe it did. Maybe it did. And there's no platelets in its blood, so you can see through it. But yeah, it was just like, I don't know. We don't know how to make bloods. Let's just make something that's colored red and put it on the floor. Yes. So we have this guy, Trevor. He is now, this is, this is a weird scene because this audio was like crazy in this scene. We have this guy, Trevor. He, mm. uh, he's apparently the husband to the pig girl. He is, I want him captured and stuff. And the cop's like, what the hell are you talking about? It's like, I... You know, this, I want justice. My pig was killed and they almost scared my wife to death. And then the cops like, listen, man, this is some kids probably paying a trick or something like that. You always complain about your farm all the time. And, they, and the cops like, listen, I want you to find him and get him justice. And then the, then the cop like puts something on the table. He's like, hey, you see that? He's like, yeah. He's like, all right, how about you call somebody that gives a shit? I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, this is like the world's worst cop. Like he just well, I mean, he does this throughout the rest of the movie too. Like he doesn't really want to investigate anything. Yeah. He doesn't want to investigate the pig. He doesn't want to investigate any of the murders later on. He's just like, I just don't want to deal with this. I came to this town because nothing bad ever happened, and now I have to deal with all this shit. Yeah. It's like, well, fuck, I ain't dealing with it. So we see a sign. It says, "Put a coin in today, and tomorrow, uh, good luck will be fall, will fall upon you, Gerald." Yeah. And it's basically like this contraption where you put a coin in. It's like some electronic shit that I don't even know what it did. Like I, I don't know. I don't understand that either. So we have Gerald's friend Richard mm. is there. And he he basically is telling, hey, Richard, what are you doing? Come outside. And Richard's like taking his sweet time to get outside. 
Um, and then a ba- basically, Richard and Gerald are about to go on a job because Richard, uh, he's a, um, an exterminator. He exterminates yes. pests and stuff. And yeah. they do so, some... Go ahead. I was going to say, I would have guessed that Richard is your favorite character in this movie. He was he was one of them, but like the problem with Richard, I liked some of the stuff he did, but he, his character didn't go anywhere. No, like, but he, he uh, we'll we'll get into him in a second. Okay, <laughs> with some of his lines. So then Gerald goes up to Brock, and he says he's leaving and stuff, and he's like, "How do?" He's like, "Hey, you're wearing that shirt I got." And then like, Gerald's like, "Oh yeah, I found I got that shirt for free at the store." Um, it looks ugly on you, and it's like I was like, what, "What's going on here?" What like, the fuck? <laughs> right. So I was confused too because at first I was I was starting to think that okay, well, Gerald's the baby face, right? Like yes. he, you know, we're supposed to like Gerald, but then he's a complete asshole. Yes. To this guy that's obviously letting him live there for free, or it just seems like he is, and he's paying the electrical bill and it's for his computer, and um, and he's just a complete dick to this guy. I'm just like, what the fuck? Well, like, I now, think- and then then I wanted Gerald to get killed immediately. Well, I think what it was, was I think Gerald was trying to joke around a lot with Brock. Because, you know, every time he would see Brock, Brock was like, turn off all that electric crap because it's wasting my electricity, brother. And then, of course, Gerald was like, oh, well, you like that shirt? Well, I got it for free and it looks ugly. So I think they were like playing around with each other, but it was just like... Maybe. Well, yeah. the thing you'll notice in this review is we it seems like every other scene we're establishing a new heel. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get into that. Right. So now we're in the car with Richard and Gerald. And this is when Richard's like, he's basically saying like, yes, we're going to go to this. Um, there's this, uh, this bar. There's, they've been having this smell in there a lot. And um, we're going to go in there and we're going to exterminate it. And by the way, there's some hot waitress over there named Mary. I've been waiting to look at her too. And then Richard goes on like, yes, uh, I'm married to this girl named Laura. She has the money and everything. She's older, but I basically like married her for the money, you know, so I can get this car and, and basically be the, 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 she, she'd be, be my sugar mom mm-hmm. was basically what they were saying in the car. So in this scene, I was just wondering why Gerald's sitting so close to Richard and in, in the truck. Well, they're just, you know, that's a small truck. I mean, I know why that, that, that happened, but when I was just watching it, I'm like, are they gay? And then they start talking about Maria and I'm like, okay, well, they're not gay. That's just kind of weird. And then they, the real reason I think is because they couldn't fit the whole truck seat in the in the scene. Yes. So they made them sit close together so they could both be in the same frame together. But it just seemed weird because there's no way that, I mean, if you've ever ridden in a truck, like the middle sitting in the middle of the tr- the truck is just not comfortable because you got all the gear stuff in the middle of your feet. Yeah. So there's no way anybody would sit there. The only people that sit there is like the guy's girlfriend who wants to sit really close to it. But anyway. Well, maybe Gerald likes continue. the middle. Maybe. Hmm. Maybe. So Let's they continue. also sang some some like lame Maria song. <sighs> this was terrible. <laughs> so we're at the Lugie's Bar. Yeah. Lugie's Bar. Boy, what a winner. So this is when we establish like the bar owner goes up to Richard. Richard's like, Richard is kind of like one of those like arrogant dudes. He's like, hey, I'm here mm-hmm. to save the day. Hey, hey, I always got a comment for everything. Hey, hey, hey. So he's making a comment about every fucking thing. So he's here about to save the day and stuff. And then, of course, he makes it He makes it like a, he's like, oh, we got a smell down there? Are you sure it wasn't your tuna fish sandwiches? <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Look at me. I'm making funny. So they go to the <laughs> basement. They look everywhere. Um, they notice that there's a strong, strail, a strong, a strong smell. <laughs> 
they see yeah. a bunch of rats down there. It's like, oh, here's some of the rats and stuff. And then a, a girl eventually looks at the uh, ceiling part. He's like, hey, what's what do you keep up there? And I was like, oh, man, that's where we do the storage at. He's like, okay, well, let's open it up. They open it up, boom, dead body falls on him and stuff, swing back and forth. And, of course, the dead body is Maria that they were talking about earlier. Hmm. The police show up. Oh, boy, here we go. Please were like, yeah, please were like, fucking rats ate her up, huh? (laughs) 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 Then they talk about who was this. Like, oh, yeah, it's a Maria girl. She was, uh, she, I don't know why she hung herself out there. Yeah. And then, uh, upside down. Yes. And then they asked the store owner, Mike, and he explains, like, whoa, she moved here from uh, uh, Peterson. Um, she was just, you know, working at my place while she went to school and stuff. And, uh, she's like, and then she's like, okay. and then the cop was like, okay, listen, you know, this probably was a suicide. That's what I'm going to put in my reports and stuff. Just don't, this is a quiet town, everybody. Okay. We don't have a lot of trouble here. So let's just keep this out of the papers and shit. So that's, that's, that's going to be a, I feel like that's going to be a common theme for this month is cops mm. trying to cover up what's happening so we can have more killings. Yeah. Right. So, Because exactly. <laughs> that will be in a, uh, a couple other ones that we're doing this month as well. So let's see how many uh, cops covering up stuff that we can get. <laughs> um, so then they all leave and stuff. Um, we, have, we have more country songs. I mean, yeah. boy, if you like country music, this is the edge of the axe for you, brother. This is your movie. Okay. Yeah. And they're, they're, they're not even like good country songs. <laughs> Like really bad. So no, Gerald, uh, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> so Gerald and Richard, they have now. Um, so they're they're driving along now, and they're talking a little bit about the you know the Mary stuff what they saw in there. Uh, but now they're they're talking a little bit about uh, Richard's like wife, right? and then how like he's basically just married her for the money, and you know he's keeping. He doesn't really like her and stuff, but he's keeping her for the money to, you know, to, you know, to get the. He, that's how he bought his truck and his business is is basically marrying this Laura girl. Yeah. So, we meet Susan. All right, she is the the daughter of this old guy named Christopher. Okay, and Christopher is hanging out with Richard's wife Lauren. We got all that. We got all that now. Um, kind of, yes. Okay. This is where it starts to get confusing. Okay. Well, I am here to explain everything t- to everybody. Because when you. it comes to lover's quarrel, I know all about that shit, brother. I bet you do. So, <laughs> so Richard and, and um, Gerald, they pull up. He's like, hey, see that hot piece of ass? And he didn't really say all these lines, but this is what he was implying. Yes. Say, so, you see that hot piece of ass over here? That's Christopher's daughter. He's like, oh, okay. And she comes up to the car. She's like, hey, fellas, what do you guys need? He's like, oh yeah, we're looking for a Laura and stuff. Where you know where she at? She's like, oh, she's with my dad down the uh, over there at the boat and stuff. You guys need anything? And he looks at her. He's like, I need two of them. And she's like, two of what? He looks back. He's like, I need two beers. <laughs> huh? And she's like, okay. And then then she leaves. He's like, oh, what a fox! What a fox, brother! You know, like that '80s thing. Yes. So she leaves. They come back. She comes back. Which she's about to go grab the beers. And Richard's all like, hey. Hey, Gerald, I need you to, like, leave. And I'm going to start, you know, I need you to leave. He's like, why? He's like, I got to handle some business here. He's like, okay. 
So Gerald leaves. He runs into Susan. Okay, Susan's about to bring over the beer. Gerald's like, hey, I'm going to take this beer. I'm going to drink somewhere else. But hey, go go easy on Richard. She's like, why? She's like, well, he's injured. Yeah, he got into an accident, and his whole leg is made of plastic. <laughs> Which just seems really fucking random. Like a random thing. Well, he's just trying, to, jo- he's trying to joke around. So basically, Gerald is cool with Richard. Uh, uh, he's, he's doing guy code. He's basically cool with Richard trying to fuck a bunch of other girls while he's married to this old girl for money. He's cool with them. Well, yeah, of course. So, but, I mean, that's fine, but I, just all this weird-ass, like, jokes that he makes. Yes. They're just like, okay. So she comes back to the car, Susan, with the beer. And she's all like, hey, you know, how I didn't know Lauren had a son. And he's like, I'm not Lauren's son. I'm, I'm her husband. She's like, oh, okay. He's weird. She's like, he's like, and she's like, oh, I'm sorry about your accident. He's like, accident? He's like, yeah, accident. He's like, with, you know, your leg and stuff. He's like, oh, yes, my accident. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> And then he then they get out and he's all like, "Hey, you know, um, I would like to drink some of these beers and stuff, maybe on a boat, if we can go fishing, you know, maybe out of sight, huh?" And she's like, "Oh, well, I know you just met me and everything, but I mean, fuck, I mean, might as well." Might <laughs> like, as well. I mean, basically, she's like, "No, I think you need to go back to your wife and stuff." And then the, uh, Richard meets up with Lauren and stuff. So we're seeing that our boy Richard, he. Yes, he's married to Lauren stuff, but he's only married for the money, and he's trying to bang up this Susan girl. That is mm-hmm. basically what's going on. But it seems like Susan, at first, she's not, like, not into it. But, you know, plot lines, we'll see that soon. Okay, so this is when we have Gerald. He is now playing this, like, arcade game called Alien. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if it's going to be the actual Alien arcade game, or just some, it looks like some ripoff. Mm-hmm. But he is now playing this game, and we have this girl shows up in the frame, and her name is her name is Lily, and she's going on saying, "Hey, you're pretty good at the game." So they start kind of flirting back and forth and stuff. Um, so this is weird. So Lily's like, "Hey, where are you from and stuff?" He's like, "Where do you think I'm from? You know, where am I from? The lake and stuff?" And she's like, "Oh, <laughs> I don't think you're a fucking sea monster and shit." And so they're going like back and forth and everything. And Lily is basically there. She's like uh, staying there for the uh, for the for the summer down at her dad's place too. I couldn't figure out. So Susan and Lily are sisters, okay? okay? And their dad is. I thought their dad was that Greg guy or Christopher, but it wasn't. It was some other. Her dad was some other guy. He owns the bar. Yeah, he owns like the bar that they're at and stuff. Yeah, the only so, where they're drinking at, not the one they're investigating. Yeah, we don't really like see him too much. We just hear about him. Like we don't actually see him too much in the scenes, but he's like around. Uh, so they're going back and forth, and eventually they realize like, okay, we both like technology. We both like computers and shit. Yeah. And they also, you know, they start flirting, and they're they they both figure out they like technology, and they both start flirting around there, and. They they start betting on each other. So this is when Susan and Richard they are now drinking some beer together, and of course uh, one of them wants to move to New York. Probably Susan does because you know we have to have New York in every horror film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then eventually this is when um, the dad asks for Susan, and no, see the dad asks for uh, Susan to ask for Jimmy. Jimmy is like kind of like their. Um, 
caretaker of the ranch or beer place that they have that's by the lake. And then, of course, this is when this is when Richard asks Susan, like, hey, you know, this is when he wants to go fish alone on the boat with him out of sight. And then she says, like, well, you better go help your wife. So now we have Lauren, we have Richard, we have Gerald in the car. And, of course, fucking uh, Lauren's like, hey, I saw you talking to Ed's daughter. Uh, and she's like, I should have known. He's like, what the fuck? You know, I can't talk to girls. I know I saw you up there flirting around there with Ed all the time. All right. Mm. And then they, they, they argue back and forth. And, and Richard's like, well, what do you want older men now? <laughs> so, yeah. So we're seeing some tension between those two. That doesn't really yes. kind of go anywhere either. So we have Gerald and Lily. They're now playing on the computer. And he asked for the uh, for a, a trope for 80s kids to ask each other, would you like a Coke? Okay. <laughs> so he is, he's, so basically she's talking about computers. He's like, hey, you know, I can install a computer at your house. Huh? And wow. she's like, oh, okay. I, no, I couldn't. And she's like, yeah, yeah, we can. He's like, trust me, the video games on here are way better. I was like, yes, yes, they are. <laughs> Um, and he was also like, Hey, guess what? On these computers, we can actually communicate together. I was like, Oh fuck. The AOL is already happening. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know anybody. I was wondering about this myself when this happens. It's 1989 and they were like communicating, which I assume they were communicating over phone lines somehow. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know that was possible, but I don't know that a regular person was doing it. Of course, not that Gerald's a regular person, but well, our boy um, Gerald, he's all about the AOL chap. The chat rooms. Yeah, he, he is like, he's like be, before his time, brother. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm gonna drop in all of them DMs, 80s style on the computer. That does really, this does really seem ahead of his time, though. Yes. This part. So she's like, she's Gerald's also like, hey, you know, you can type whatever question in here and it'll answer it. And I was like, fuck Alexa, damn, this guy's creating everything. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn. Yeah, you where were you? Whatever you want to hear, and it'll it'll tell you the answer. Yeah. Where the fuck were you? I I was put some stock money in you, brother. So, so well, we know what happens to him, and I guess that's what happened. So, basically, she types in something. They, like, further better. She kisses him, and he's like, oh, what did you type? She's like, well, I asked the thing if you're gay. <laughs> what? what? Why? <laughs> like, like wh- Because that's why. <laughs> I don't understand. I didn't understand any of this. Like, this yes. makes me think that there's a weird translation issue, but I don't know. Whatever. So, Let's continue. so we're at like a different bar. Um, this one was like a seafood bar that's in town. It's not the Lugies one. It's a different bar. It's like a seafood bar. And the right. phone rings and we have a girl named Rita who fucking sounds like Russian or super foreign on this. And the audio with this was something when she was on screen too. So she was, she was like, I've been waiting for your call. He's like, I'll leave now. So Rita goes outside. Of course she leaves. There's like a, just like fucking, okay. I'm going to leave for this strange call and I'm going to meet you outside of a creepy train track. Gotcha. Mm. So well, I thought she was a prostitute. Well, she Am was. I wrong in that? Yes. Okay, all right. Very well, good. we'll get to some of the lines they informed. Okay. They didn't necessarily say prostitute, but they used some clever lines. Right. And I'll, I'll go over those pretty soon. So they're, they're by these creepy train charts. Of course we see a homeless guy drinking. She walks alone on the train tracks and everything. Killer is following her from behind. She eventually runs and hides throughout the whole place. 
and then um she uh she's uh, and then she eventually sees the person the killer and she's like, oh well you scared me she's like huh she so she basically informed that oh she kind of recognizes this person yeah so she recognized the guy yeah the killer yes and then um and the killer by the way like like we said the outfit was a long trench coat probably some boots and a white mask and stuff like that and it looked like the killer was tall so keep that in mind yeah, so but he, she, he must not have been wearing the mask because she recognizes it. Yes, so we see that, and then she's like, "Oh, okay. it's like, oh, cool, glad you came. I left my cigarettes at the bar." And she's like, and then the killer starts putting on the mask. She's like, "Oh, what are you doing? What are you doing?" And then boom, slashes her all up. Mm-hmm. All right. So the end of Rita. Yes, the end of Rita. What a character we missed. So now we find out a little backstory about Rita. So we are at the the police are there. This is the next morning, and uh, the sergeant was you know talking about like okay we know we have to release all the information to the uh, trainer uh, to the to the um, train tracks authority, and this is like okay this is Rita she was thirty five, she worked at a hair salon, and and a little fact about her the locals say that she would sleep with anybody, for <laughs> okay. I can't believe this when I heard this, okay? So, <laughs> so they're like, listen, guys. Like, this is the Rita 35. She she came in here from Peterson and stuff. She worked at this hair salon during the day. But at nighttime, the locals say that she would sleep for anybody for $100. And this fucking train track guy was like, fuck, $100? That's kind of steep. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, it is 1989. Like, so people didn't make as much money as they make now. He's like, I'm I was like, and then the cop was like, <laughs> the cop was like, well, she was worth it. And he was like, oh, you got some experience there? He's like, no, nah, man, I'm uh, my budget can't afford that. <laughs> that was my favorite line throughout the whole movie. Was that scene? I was I like, can't that is perfect. Conversation is happening. <laughs> He's like, my budget couldn't handle it. Oh, so they're talking about that. Um, let's see. And then they're talking about, okay, well, you know, the. and then he's like, hey, you know, we found her near these train tracks and stuff, so maybe the train just ran over her. The train guy was like, well, you know, I'm telling you, man, um, I'm telling you, Macintosh, that was the uh, the detective's name is Macintosh. Macintosh? Sorry. He's like, he's like, the trains, you know, didn't kill her, you know? Like, there was no scratches or nothing on the train stuff. And he was all like, listen, man, we found her near the train. She was tracked and stuff. I'm going to put that on my report. That it was a suicide. All right? <laughs> <laughs> this fucking guy didn't want to do anything. So he's just going to report it as an accident. <laughs> all right? It's like, fuck that. Right. So we have... <laughs> yeah, obviously. So this is a weird one. So we have some more country music, and we just have mm-hmm. so I I don't know if there was like some in between time or something, but apparently Richard and Susan are now on the boat and they're flirting with each other. So like after you know Susan knows that Richard is shacking up with this old girl Lauren that she knows, and she doesn't care apparently now. Well, right. So okay. So I wouldn't have a problem with this. Like I could be like, okay, well she doesn't care. But she said she she clearly said she wasn't gonna do it. Yeah. But then she did. Of course. Yes. I mean, I guess that's the story of a lot of things, right? But um, 
Maybe it's, the, it's that Richard charm. He just can't, uh, you know, maybe, his, his maybe. jokes. His you know plastic mean? leg or whatever. Yes, his plastic leg did it. <laughs> so they're talking about Susan's dad on the boat and everything about how, like, Susan's dad's boat was better, but Richard likes his boat better or whatever, and then they start kissing. So I'm like, okay, well, fuck, that's easy. And then Richard, out of nowhere, just goes, like, says, like, hey, you know, I'm a little worried about you and stuff because uh, of all that, like, uh, all that killer's been chopping up people lately. And I'm like, well, how the fuck did you know that? You know, how did you, I thought that if the, if the police were reporting all this as suicide, how do you know there's a killer chopping up everybody? So yeah, that made well, that made me to believe, okay, maybe Richard is the killer. Yeah. So you meant Richard. You said Gerald, but you meant Richard, right? Yeah, Richard. Richard's yeah, the one yeah, doing okay. all this. Yes. Yeah. So well, right. But you're saying, like you were saying, that every scene is set up to have a new heel. Yeah. It's like you think everyone is the killer, which I I know is their point, but like it just it's done so bad. It's just like you just hate everyone. You just want everyone to be the bad guy. Yes. Because there's no no nobody has any redeeming qualities. So then, then the Susan girl's like, "Oh, you're not the killer, are you?" And he's all like, "No, no, I'm not." Okay, <laughs> we're gonna start kissing. Gotcha. So we have the Macintosh, the detective. He shows up to the church because he wants to talk to one Bobby. Because uh, he, he's gonna be asking about. Um, uh, he wants to talk to actually. He wants to talk to uh, uh, Frank because we have uh, Frank. Apparently, he is like a, uh, a craftsman around this particular area, and he was at the church making stuff because that's where they. That's where the pastor said he would meet Frank. Mm-hmm. And then Macintosh, you know, the the detective was. Uh, this is Frank Macintosh, by the way. Okay. He is asking, um, hold on my second. I got myself tongue twisted. So Frank McIntosh shows up. He wants to talk to Bobby. Bobby is the guy who is the, the builder. He like builds stuff around the town and everything. And he's at the church building something. And basically Frank is bringing up like, hey, you know, we found uh, your name in that Rita's book. And he's like, oh, fuck that damn bitch. She wrote my name in that book and stuff. I, yeah, I had sex with her one time for a hundred dollars. Kind of steep, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I, she, I, I told her not to have any of my information. My wife's been going crazy about that one. And then, of course, Frank was like, "Okay, well, we'll talk later." I was like, "Okay, well, Frank, okay, this is, okay, what, what, didn't, what, where did this go? Okay, thank you." Uh, that was just to create another. Yes. Another, another suspect. So, because it could be the handyman, and it could be any of the main characters, and now it could be Bob. Yes, it could be our boy Bob. So now Gerald is now talking to Jimmy. So Gerald is talking to Jimmy, the uh, the kind of the housekeeper guy, and he is dropping off computer stuff for Lily. So they bring up. So now they're talking a little bit about like this house and how weird the house is built and how weird this, the the. The house, this didn't go anywhere either. There, I thought, okay, maybe we're going to do something with the house. and Maybe the house has hidden trap areas or something. And I guess nope. maybe it kind of went somewhere, but it was just a little subtle thing they were talking about. So they're setting up the computer stuff in Lily's room. And then they look out the windows like, oh, look, uh, she has a great view out here. And Jim is like, yeah, yeah, she actually thinks she's a bird sometimes. That's why she picked up this room. <laughs> Thanks, Jimmy. <laughs> 
<laughs> she thinks she's a bird. Like, yes. like somebody wrote that line and said, yeah, that's, that'll work. So now, anyway. now we're at nighttime and it's lightning outside and we were back at the pig girl's house. Mm-hmm. Power goes out. Uh-oh. She lights a bunch of candles. She sees an axe. Then the killer comes by and fucking chops her ass up. So there goes pig girl. So pig girl. Well, well, I did that one a little fast. So first, the stump is, you know, the fucking lights go out stuff. She eventually sees the killer. The killer starts chasing her and stuff, breaks through the door. She runs down. She goes to the pig farm. She, like, goes to the pig farm, right? And she unscrews the light. Like, did you know, like, when she went out there, mm-hmm. she's like, okay, well, I'm, I'm running from this crazy serial killer who could be behind me. My plan is to go to the pig farm. I'm going to go to the light. I'm going to take off the light bulb and I'm going to the farm. He won't know I'm here because one minute there was a light on here. Now there's not a light, so he can't see me now. Well, okay. I can, I, I, I mean, the kayfabe reason for this, the kayfabe reason for this is so that um, he, so, okay, so if you're, inside your house and the lights are on and i'm outside and it's dark i can see you but you can't see me so the kayfabe reason that she did that was so that she could unscrew the light so that it's it's dark for both of them so neither one of them can see now yes at least that's what i think well that makes sense so she goes outside everything draws the light the killer follows and stuff and she thinks the killer's not out there so she goes and the killer actually gets her by the leg and then starts Chopping her and gets her um, in the back of the head. So there goes Pig Girl. She is now gone. So now we have some AOL chat room going on with Lily and Gerald. And Lily mm-hmm. keeps going on. And this is when... So this movie goes a lot of back and forth. So it's, it's, this movie is all about giving you red herrings of who you think might who the killer might be. So up next is Gerald. Because Lily is trying to contact Gerald, but she cannot mm-hmm. get a hold of Gerald on AOL chat. So it's right. kind of like one of them creepy dudes on Facebook who gives a bunch of messages to girls and they're not replying back. She's right. like, hey, are you there? Hey, where are you at? Oh, you're not there? I'm not playing around anymore. Where are you at? Why are you not here? I'm like, damn, girl, calm down. <laughs> I'll get there when I'm getting there. And then, and then like, so apparently Gerald's computer... Like, when you write something, it talks to you. So, it's like, a, it's basically like AOL chat room mixed in with, with Alexa. Is what we mm-hmm. have here. And this is supposed to make us think, okay, well, we just saw a pig girl dying. Girl's not mm-hmm. answering his AOL chat. He must be the killer. Okay. Must be. So, this is also to when, um, uh, I guess somehow, like, Lily got access to Gerald's hard drive or something like that, and she it brings up a list of the dead victims so far. So it's another weird herring, like, oh, why does Gerald have the list of dead victims in his computer? He has a great explanation for that, though. Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> which we'll get to. <laughs> so now this is like the cops; they're they're around. They pick up the uh, dead pig girl body, um, and then <laughs> it's like two old cops is like. It's like fuck, man. Like we can't tell the fucking town about this shit. And they're like, they're like by the barns, like huh, who fucking would kill these fucking girls and stuff. Like yeah, it's like it's like we got all these people out here. They think they can do the police job. They can't do no damn police work. We're not even doing police work. <laughs> We're not even doing it. We're just sitting around. <laughs> so now we have uh, Lily and girl. They're now like in like a 
uh, I was going to say coffee store, but they it's like a Coke store. So the big thing of the 80s is you, we, instead of going around having coffee, you would have some Coca-Cola. I we guess go, so. We would yeah. go to the local Coca-Cola store. Okay. <laughs> so this is when we get a, a little bit of like Lily's personal life where she had like medical problems and stuff. And right. Her dad. Before you continue, yeah. I will say, so Coca-Cola is a very American thing, right? Yes. So it's just another like super American thing that's pushing. Let's go to the let's go to the Coca Cola shop. A yes. coffee shop is too European. A Coca Cola shop. They must have Coca Cola shops in America. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, continue on with Lily's personal problems. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> one funny part with this was like in my head I was thinking, all right, you're telling me all these personal problems in life. Can you just tell me over the AOL chat? Like, <laughs> come on now. So she's telling this, she's, she's telling Gerald all of her personal like she has like these medical problems where she was younger, yeah. her fucking dad and stuff like her mom passed away or something. She was like, oh, well, I probably would love my mom if she was alive and stuff. And then she asked <laughs> Gerald like, hey, what about your personal problems? And like, of course, Gerald's like, oh, I gotta be secretive. I don't want to tell you that. He's <laughs> like, I didn't really connect a lot with my parents and shit like that. And, and then yes, um, I can't I can't tell you about my personal life because I might be the killer. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, and then like, you know, they, uh, they, they're talking like a little bit of stuff and, um, he says like, he doesn't love or hate and stuff. And then they start kissing. Then after they kiss, he's like, Hey, by the way, like, why don't you have all those like dead girls on your computer? <laughs> I just said it very subtle. And then fucking, the, the girl's like, well, fuck, I got everything on my computer. I even have fucking accident records. Oh, okay. Thanks, man. Thanks. I just keep lists of things. Yes. On my computer, and this is just one of the lists I keep. Yes. And fun. then, and then Father Clinton shows up. He's like, "Hey, Lily, you gonna come to the choir?" She's like, "Yes, I uh, will." And then uh, she's like, "She's like, hey, Gerald, this is Father Clinton. Father Clinton, Gerald. Okay." And of course, you know, Gerald's looking a little weird during this time. Every time there's like little scenes, like they're trying to do some red herrings that Gerald is like the killer. Mm-hmm. And then, like, girl has to leave. He's like, "Hey, we gotta get out of here." She's like, "Well, what about our cokes?" He's like, "Screw them. We can get these cokes anytime." <laughs> so, so now we're at the rehearsal, the the uh, uh, choir pr- rehearsal. So I'm telling you, man, the music in this totally sucked. So now we have Lily. She shows up late, and like everybody, like a lot of the the choir people, like the Clinton and all these other random people, were staring at her weird. All right, and then girl, he's like waiting outside for her. So now we're back with Susan and Richard. I guess during all this time they were still on the boat. Okay, mm-hmm. they start so. kissing a little bit on the boat, and they notice they're about to leave, but they notice that the boat was not working. And then eventually they see a dead head, and everything screams. So now Richard is now talking to like Gerald and stuff, and now he's saying like you know like uh, the stuff is getting weird around here now, you know because we you know that that uh, that dead head we found was this girl named Maria, and she was she was like uh, she was working at the clinic. It was just weird how like her head just showed up near my boat and stuff. And it's like the okay. psychiatric clinic, right? Yeah, psychiatric. That's clinic. important. That's, yes. that's a key plot element. Yes, that key she was plot. a psychiatric nurse. Yes, <laughs> plot point. So, so we, so it goes on. Is like, and then girls like you know trying to blush it off a little bit. He's like, okay, well, how are things going with Lori? And then or Lauren. 
And Richard's like, oh, fuck. I think that girl's having an affair with Ed. I'm like, motherfucker, weren't you just out here kissing the Susan girl and shit? Like, yeah, what's... yeah. Yeah, whatever. You were just having an affair, but now she's having now. Well, I mean, he's concerned about that because he's he's afraid his money's going to get turned off, right? Yes, he's like, yeah, I'm kind of worried about you know the money and stuff. And then and then Richard's like, well, you know, uh, we can always have an axe murder kill her, ha ha ha. Uh huh. <laughs> and Richard's like, hey, don't be joking about that, man. He's like, okay. I'll, and then Richard's like, okay, I'm going to go out of town because I have this big job and stuff, so I'll see you later. It's terrible. Yes. So yes. So now we're back at the church. Uh, the church is all talking about. So we have these two girls that are talking about the uh, the killer stuff. One of them was um, this blonde uh, girl from the church, and this other like lady. They didn't really give us her name, so they're talking about the murders going on around the stuff, and you know, um, they all think it's um, uh, they all think it's that uh, that Bobby guy that that yeah. that that might be killing everybody. Bob the Builder, yes, yes. Is um, it? Uh, is this during the choir scene, or are we past that? Now? No, we're, 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 on? We're, we're past that. And this is like two people oh, that yeah. were in the choir. They're like in the church. It's right. like the the girl yes. that had the blue dress on. She's like a blonde blue dress girl, and it was the uh, the other person she was talking to. They were talking about the killers and stuff. Yeah. So okay, we're past when I'm singing on with Christian soldiers forever and ever and ever and ever, which went on forever. Yes. Yeah. Yes, we're past that. Thank God. Mm. So blonde, the the blonde, the, the the girl, the that was one of the choir singers stuff. She is now back at her house and she's looking for her dog. All right. Um, mm-hmm. she's trying to see. She, she's trying to go into every like room, and she knows mm-hmm. that the water wasn't working. All right. So eventually, she goes downstairs and she sees some blood dripping from the ceiling. Mm-hmm. So she goes upstairs. And now she sees a dead dog. Her dead dog. Mm-hmm. So she's trying to call. Obviously, the lines were cut now, and she is. Uh, she's about to. She's freaking out now because the axe person's around now, and she's trying to go for the. Uh, she's trying to go down to her kitchen area. She grabs a shotgun. She's going for the shells, and then eventually, boom! He, ch- the, the killer, chaps her fucking fingers off and stuff, and then um, she's trying to uh, uh, attack and trying to back up, but the axe person eventually gets her, and. We we got her dying over here now too. Is this the one the scene the yeah. death scene where he's really close? To, like, there's one that's really bad where he's like really close to her, and you can tell he's not really swinging the axe. He's just kind of moving back and forth. It's probably and it's shot really bad. Okay, yeah, it was all the the best part about this scene is when he uh, chopped her fingers when she was going for the chop the shells. Yeah, true. Yeah, that that wasn't too bad. So Lily is now on the AOL chat. She's saying, I don't want to play tonight, and she's depressed. Mm-hmm. So, what? Well, she, she, and then of course, you know, she's like, Hey, I need you to meet up with, uh, so she's like, She's like, Hey, I need you to be home, and I need to meet up with you tonight by the, by the lake. She's, this is what she's telling to Gerald. Mm-hmm. So they go up, meet up by the lake. Lily, uh, she can't explain what she's going to, what she's feeling, but she's about to explain it. <laughs> <laughs> So she goes on about Charlie. So this, so apparently Lily was ten, and mm. she had a cousin named Charlie. This just comes out of nowhere, too. Like yes, absolutely nowhere. So it just all of us. It seems like in part of the script, they're like, okay, let's write this part in there now. Like Lily was fine throughout the whole movie. Like she didn't act weird or nothing until like it was Gerald the one acting weird. But now, now Lily is the one that's acting weird. 
So she has a story where she was 10 and she was playing on the swing with Charlie and she kept swinging it and swinging it and swinging it. She swung it too hard that eventually uh, Charlie fell off the swing and he hit his head and he, he, he had to go to the hospital and stuff and we don't know what happened to Charlie now. And she feels super bad about that and that's why she's been all depressed. Even though she's only depressed in this couple, not even like the whole movie so far. So now we get a weird scene where Gerald is like, you know, he's like saying like, you know, everything's okay. But now he's on the swing. Like they're on the swings now. And like they're swinging each other. And then now she has a flashback. And it's made you to believe, okay, well, they're trying to show like, okay, maybe Gerald, maybe Gerald is is this uh, Charlie character. Maybe he is the one who escaped in the mental hospital and stuff. Okay, okay, I was going to say, because you didn't mention that. So, um, yeah. I wasn't sure if that will happen at this point or not. So, yeah, so Charlie went to a mental hospital because he hit his head. Yes. And he was there for years and years and years, but he recently escaped. Um, he recently escaped, even though this is new information that yes. we have not, nobody has talked about in this entire movie. But, of course, Lily has a escaped middle patient cousin. Yes. Who might be the killer. And so apparently, too, where Lily's like, I've checked records and I can't find him anywhere. And my father won't tell me any information about him. He just doesn't He doesn't even bring it up. But I know it's him. I know it's him is probably killing all these people out here. I know it. And then she's also like, guess what? I also had a dream, too. And in the dream, he's killing me. Oh, okay. So... Uh, we're at the church again. Frank shows up. He talks to Father Clint. Um, he talks about the girl that just died. Uh, I guess her name is like Kara or something like that. Um, and he breaks the news to the Chris and stuff about how she's like, they found her dead and stuff. And he was thought about giving her the news. Okay, yeah. This is, so basically they were talking about the girl, the, the blue, the blonde lady, the Sarah or something that died. So right. this is when Lily and Gerald are on the swing now. Okay, and this is like... I'm not really sure why they were on the swing, even though he told her that, that story about being scared of being on the swing. So they're on the swing, starts pushing her and stuff. Um, She's like thinking about like... So she's basically telling like Gerald, she's like... First, she's cool with them. And then she's like, okay, well, I don't know if we can do this anymore. I don't know if we can even see each other. And Gail's like, well, why not? She's like, well, you're too mysterious. All right? Like, you're not, you know, I tell you all this stuff, but you don't really tell me a lot of things either. Um, and she's like, okay, maybe I should just, like, go home now. Because she starts to freak out when they're doing a little swing stuff. I don't know why they were on a swing. Uh, yeah, I don't know why this is even happening. Because, like, she's having, like, flashbacks. Like, it's kind of like, okay, so, you know, if a girl told you she had some trauma for almost killing her cousin on a swing, why the fuck, mm. then the next scene, would you be on a fucking swing? <laughs> so, because that's why. Because, because yes. So, during the whole of this, they're talking back and forth and everything, and eventually, she wants to go home. Like She's like, hey, just take me home right now. And Gerald's like, okay, I'll take you home. So, they're on the motorcycle, and she's getting on there, and then she notices, like, hey, um, you have a scar in the back of your head. Because she she did say, like, you know, obviously, um, Charlie fell down and he hurt the back of his head. You know, that's how he hurt his head. It was in the back. Now, Gerald yeah. has a scar in the back of his head. 
And Gerald is looking suspicious. And he said, oh, it was just a motorcycle accident. I swear. So, but... I have a question here. Yes. So, I mean, I understand what... I know what you're going to... I know the answer you're going to give me this question. But do you not think that she might recognize her cousin? So, she's probably, what, 20 years old, maybe? Yes. So, this happened 10 years before. I mean... I mean, I have cousins I haven't seen in 10 years, but I would probably recognize them. None of this makes any sense, and I certainly would have in my 20s. Yes. It's just like it doesn't make any sense. None of this makes any sense. Like, it's not even like, I don't. Well, the the, the whole Lily thing. Now, by the end of the movie, I understand why this happened. Yes. But, you know, um, I, I I don't know. So I, I have a, I have a different uh, thing that, that I'll get to that didn't make sense to me, but we'll okay. have to talk about that at the end when we when we explain kind of what happened. <laughs> so apparently the blonde Sorry. girl, her name is Anna. My bad, I thought it was Sarah. It's Anna. So Anna mm-hmm. Anna Bixby, she is the one who died. So we have her funeral now, and mm-hmm. for some reason we have a bunch of face shots, everybody's face, and they all put uh, dirt on her grave because they could all be the killer. Yes. Apparently, so it's raining now. This is a weird scene too. So it's the only raining. person in this movie who cannot be the killer is Lily. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah, she she's is, the, she's yes. the only face in this whole movie. Yes, the that, only that face. we know that we know for sure it cannot be Lily. Yes. So it's raining outside. All right, and then Gerald comes to his room, and it's that Lily was there, and I was like, "Well, fuck! Then you just drop her off at home? Like, well, okay." <laughs> And she's all like, "How would you expect her to be there?" And she was all like, "He's like, he's like, how did you get in here?" She's like, "Well, Brock let me in. I was looking for you." I was like, "Well, fuck! Didn't I just drive you home like two scenes ago? Like, how the fuck did you get over here?" Somehow, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's so, like it's a different movie. Yes. So and then he's like, "Oh, you're soaking wet and everything." So he goes gets her nice clothes and everything. Uh, he's like, "Hey, I can make us some hot coffee." And then we have like this like fucking saxophone music playing. You think they're about to go fucking? Yeah. So he makes her some food and crumpets and tea. <laughs> right? <laughs> While she was like getting changed and everything. And then she was like, she was like, so I was looking on your computer and uh, she's like, she, uh, so, so Gerald is asking like, hey, I saw that my computer's on. What were you looking at over there? She's like, she's telling this lie about like, oh yeah, I was just trying to get some information about like this school that I wanted to go to and stuff. Mm, right. And then he's like, well, I noticed that you searched a name on there and <laughs> that name doesn't rely up with the story that you're telling me and stuff. And she's <laughs> like, listen, I had to go on this computer to find this name to do some research because there's a lot of stuff going on over here and my dad won't tell me anything. I asked about Charlie because she's basically searching up the name Charlie to see if she can find any records of this Charlie guy. Right. And then for some reason, Gerald gets all like freaked out. He's all like, okay, we got to take you home right now. We cannot look into this and stuff. This is just weird. So we're, we're, we're getting more about like how Gerald is just being like weird. Um, and she's like, because, you know, Lily's like, basically like, listen, I know that this fucking, the killer behind all these women dying is this Charlie guy. And I need to see what hospital that's, you know, that, that they all worked at and stuff like that. And he's like, I got to bring you home. We can't investigate this shit or nothing. 
And she's also said like, hey, by the way, I looked up, I found your dad, this Doc Phillip. And he, 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 that's your dad, right? And this Philip, he worked at the uh, the this hospital uh, that that uh, Charlie was supposedly be at. And he's all what like, "What a coincidence!" Yes, what a coincidence! And he's all like, "Oh yeah, this <laughs> Philip guy. He I don't really know him that well. He only married my mother two years ago." Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> okay, so now, <laughs> so this came out of nowhere too. There's a lot of shit in this movie that just comes out of nowhere. So we have yes. Laura. She is now talking to her, uh, like, I guess, like her, like, um, financial advisor or something like that. And the guy's like, oh, fuck, you shouldn't have made those investments because you guess what? You're broke. <laughs> You're broke. And she's like, oh, fuck, I'm broke now. All my money's gone. So we're back at the seafood, Maggie's Seafood, the same place that Rita was at, a seafood bar. Looked like a pretty cool place. She tells Christopher, I'm fucking bankrupt. I don't have all my investments are gone. He's like, oh fuck it. I bet that Rich is gonna leave me now because you know he all he wants is my money. And then of course, uh, Richard over here. I'm not Richard, but Christopher. He is all like, well fuck. He just this guy's getting drunk. He's like, fuck it. I don't give a fuck uh, if you're <laughs> rich or not. I'm trying to bang you tonight because he was getting all <laughs> drunk and everything. And um, she's like, I lost everything. And he's like, oh, <clears throat> you didn't lose your beauty. You still have that and everything. And then she's like, she's like, you know, Richard won't stay around anymore because like he, he won't be staying around long because I don't have no money. And then this, uh, the Christopher, he's drunk. So they all leave the bar, and they're they're driving out there, Laura and um and Christopher and like Chrissy's like drunk as shit, so he's like fucking passed out. He gets like falling on her while she's driving the whole time. And I guess she falls falls on her one too many where she almost crashes. So she gets out. Um, she walks near like a tree or whatever, and then she knows like the the lights were still like the headlights came on to, on her car. She goes by and then boom, there's the killer. So she starts running and everything. And eventually, the killer cots up to her, and he starts axing her up. So there goes Laura, Lori, sorry. And then eventually, I guess the uh, the axe killer also killed Christopher too. So. So, we're now in the morning time. Gerald is axing wood. Uh-oh, red herring. Gerald is axing. <laughs> this part was, uh, I don't know what's supposed to be funny, but it was kind of funny to me. <laughs> Richard shows up. He's like, fuck, he's like pissed. He's like, have you seen Laura, Laura anywhere? She's missing. She's like, she's like, she's like, and he's like, I haven't seen her. It's like, she left, man. She left. And I looked at our bank account this morning. There's no money in there. <laughs> and then girl's like well maybe she like ran off with this guy and stuff he, and then richard's like listen i don't give a shit if she ran off with some guy but fuck i'm gonna get that bitch for stealing because she stole all this money that i was supposed to get from her <laughs> she stole all of the money that was hers yes she stole all of the money that was hers but it was supposed to be mine it's supposed to be mine brother and then like and then and then like and then he's like He's like, gets his tone is a little different. He's like, girl, okay, man, let's just go have a beer. The girl's like, I can't, man. I'm hanging out with Lily tonight. He's like, you're hanging out with Lily. You guys are going to get like fucking microchips in your brain and shit. You're hanging out all the time together. <laughs> and he goes back there. He's apologizing. He's like, he's like, he's like, he's like, I'm sorry, brother. Have a good time. <laughs> and that's, that's the end we see of Richard. 
So, like, I like this character a little bit because he was just, like, a, some sleazy guy. But he didn't fucking do anything. That's all. He was just there to complain. Yeah, he, he's never in the movie again, right? Mm-mm. Yeah, because we're it. basically at the end of the movie now. Like, there's basically there. just, yeah, one, like, little climactic scene and it's over. Yeah, so we're back at the church. Okay. And Lily is, she's there and she's, like, you know, doing her re- rehearsals. And she's on the phone. And apparently the, the dad can't pick her up because he's doing something. Ed, Ed, we barely see this Ed guy. So Ed, he's around the stuff and he can't mm-hmm. pick up Lily because he has to do something. So he wants the priest to take her home. So we also have to make this priest weird too because we have to have a heel in every fucking scene. Okay. Yeah, because the priest could also be the killer. Yes. Everybody is the fucking killer in this damn movie. I'm like, what the Except hell? Except Lily. Except Lily, yeah. She's the only baby yeah, Lily's face. Yeah, Lily's the, ba- she's the white meat baby face in this show. Yes. In this movie. She's the only person that couldn't be the killer. Everyone else Everyone is, else is, uh, killer, is a yes. suspect. All right, so we have this cop show up named Sam, and my God, was this the worst acting I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> they're like, they found this guy at the corner of the street. He's like, hey, man, can you just say a couple lines? So this guy comes up. He's like, he's like hey, man, uh, we found, uh, he goes up to like this, like priest. He's like, Hey man, I'm Sam. Uh, we found the pre, we found Lori and we found the, the, this, this Christopher guy over there in the woods. Uh, we, we need you to come over here to uh, identify them out there in the woods right now. I said, like, okay. And he also said, we also found this note in their pocket too. So that's why we came to you. And apparently there was a note in the pocket that it was the choir's lyrics. So we have one clue. We have a clue that the killer with the choir lyrics. Oh, okay. So this is when Lily, she is waiting at the church because she's waiting for the priest. And she's also waiting outside too. And then we have this random guy just show up. I don't know who the fuck this guy was, but he was some creepy guy. Maybe he's the killer. And, he, and she's all like, hey, what are you doing out here, uh, little red... I don't know what he said. He's like, what are you doing out here? Like Mary on the farm or some shit like that. Some creepy shit. And she's like, oh, I'm just waiting out here for the priest and everything. He's like, oh, don't worry about that. I'll take you home. He's like, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, no problem. Okay. Sure, creepy guy. So this is when we had the priest. We have Macintosh. We had the cops. They're looking at the dead uh, bodies. Um, so this is when they're looking at Laura and Christopher. Uh, this is when the, the doc, um, the talk, the doc, the, <laughs> so McIntosh and the doc were kind of going back and forth on some stuff. And then the, the, the doc's like, okay, well, I'll let you know my full report when I get to examine the bodies of how they died. Okay? Mm-hmm. And then like, of course the cop now is like, this place is stinking of death. We gotta <laughs> figure this stuff out. I was waiting on McIntosh to say. Uh-huh. Gotta make sure nobody finds out about this. <laughs> we gotta make sure nobody finds about this too. It's getting out of control. So this is also too when they find. Uh, we didn't talk about this, but we should have. So uh, Lily gave uh, a girl like some pin, some sort of like pin, like name badge pin, and mm-hmm. when they were doing their little coke drinking uh, scene, and yes, they found the, the pin underneath the body. So we're thinking, okay, there's another Uh-oh. thing where this is definitely had to be Gerald. And yeah, of course, it's gotta be. And of course, they're like, "Oh, hey, this is where they sell those pins at that local uh, uh, place that <laughs> that uh, Lily stays at." So we're gonna go by there. So they're gonna give a, a stop. They're gonna go by that place to go check it out. 
So Lily is now at her house. She's looking out the window. Um, we have some more AOL action. And Lily is scared. And she is basically on there like blowing fucking Gerald up. It's like enough is enough. I need to, I need to, I need, where are you at? We need some answers down here. Because she knows, so Lily, you know, during the whole movie, I guess, she knows it's Charlie doing all this stuff, and nobody's mm-hmm. helping her find this Charlie guy. They're just yeah taking her home all the time. And nobody seems to have even heard of Charlie. It's strange. Yes. So Lily goes down the stairs. She grabs an axe. Uh-oh. She goes to the door. The door starts locking. All right. And then we have a scene where we see, like, the, the hand, the glove hand of the killer house, like, trying to get into the doors and stuff. Eventually, mm-hmm. the killer sneaks in. Uh, Lily throws the axe on the couch. Oh, okay. The supposed mm. killer slowly walks up the stairs. Okay. And she, the, she's walk, uh, Lily's walking upstairs and boom, out of nowhere comes Gerald. Mm. She's like, oh, she, she thought Gerald was Charlie. And he's like, well, well she, first though, yes. Gerald has the same gloves as the killer. Yes. So he could be the killer. Yes. And then she thinks he's Charlie. Yes. And he's like, I'm not Charlie. Charlie doesn't exist. That's you. Right, right. And, and right when he said it, I was like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> That's what I thought too. I was like, wait a minute. Did I just miss something? I had to watch this scene again. Yes. I had to watch it a couple of times too because I was like, yeah. I was like, I was like, literally, when this scene happened, I was like, are they going to fucking Vince Russo me? They're going to fucking Vince Russo my ass, aren't they? They fucking... Yeah, this Vince is Russo what, booked this. They fucking swear... The, the whole fucking movie. The whole fucking movie. Everybody was a goddamn hill. Except for this damn Lily girl. And now you're telling yeah. me that she's the hill. Fuck. Yeah. Who the fuck right. fuck yeah. this shit? Oh, uh, and check out this thing. Check out this shit. Check out this fucking explanation. Okay? <laughs> so, Gerald explains, like, Charlie doesn't exist. And he's like, does this all like pants again. So she runs into the room and stuff. He breaks in and stuff. She's like, get off. He's like, no, like, no, you need to listen to me. You are Charlie. You made up Charlie. You're the one who escaped the mental hospital. You're the one that had that accident when you were 10 years old that has a scar back in your head. You're the one that escaped but the mental hospital. how does he know this? I, fuck. Did the, I guess the computer told him. The com- I guess, <laughs> well, I guess we're led but- to believe that, well... So we're led to believe exactly. that he did his research somehow while acting creepy, <laughs> right? And then he figured out, like, okay, she. I guess somehow he figured out that she was the one behind everything somehow. Okay, okay so better question. How does nobody know that she escaped from a mental institution? Well, they did. Okay, so there are certain people around the town that did. Like her dad did and the choir people did, but they kept it under wraps. Like they didn't bring it up. It was a secret. It was a town secret that we can't tell. Okay. All right. Because apparently Lily, she made up this Charlie character to cope with what she did or or how she was diagnosed because she's basically diagnosed with uh, uh, being a a psychopath because of her brain injury. Because she hit her head. Yes. And that's how she was diagnosed as being a psychopath and, and stuff. And to cope with the psychopath, she made up this Charlie character that only brought mm-hmm. up in halfway during the fucking movie. And then this guy goes on. It's like, listen, I'm going to turn on my computer. It's like, Sarah, she worked at that fucking psycho hospital. <laughs> Killed her. Maria, she was a waitress, <laughs> but she was also at that fucking uh, psycho uh, hospital. You killed her ass, too. There's another nurse over there, too. Oh, Rita, you know why you killed Rita? Because she was sleeping with your dad. 
They're just going on. Okay. Be- better question. Yes. So not a better question, but another question. How are we supposed to believe that Lily is the person that's inside the rain co- rain rain suit, the raincoat? That's my point exactly. Like so I <laughs> <laughs> this guy was huge. Exactly. And she had a lot of hair. And I didn't see any yeah. hair coming out of the back of that mask. No, but she could have pushed it up under the mask. That's true. Pretty quick. I mean, I have a lot of hair, and I push it up under my hat sometimes in the winter. Well, my big thing is, <clears throat> she also said, he also said, too, like, oh, you know why you killed Laura? Because she was about to marry your dad. I'm like, really? What the fuck did that come from? <laughs> I thought she was trying to <laughs> bang up with this Why did she kill the lady in the car wash? Well, the lady in the car wash probably was a the the she was she worked at the psycho hospital too. Oh, that was a psychiatric nurse. All right, yes. so yeah, it all makes sense now. So okay. pretty much every everybody she killed worked at the 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 hospital that she came from, except yeah. for Rita and Laura because they wanted to shock up with the dad. Right. All right. So the my big thing was okay. Well, why was Gerald? so f- weird when she found Laura found his scar in the back of his neck. Why, why was he acting weird? Why was he acting weird? Yes. Oh, I don't know. But well, because well, I know why, because he needs to look like he's the killer. Okay. Gotcha. So <laughs> this part was uh semi funny to me too. So Gerald starts saying like, listen, I know you're the kid. I know you're crazy. I know you're a maniac. I don't care. I love you. We can work it out. We can work it out. We can leave this town, okay? We can start a new life. We don't have to worry about anybody. We'll just be together and shit. You know what I mean? Like, I know, like, I, I she, and then, of course, you know, during this whole time, Lily is not believing him or something. So she's, like, trying to run and stuff. They're, they're going back and forth. We hear cop cars in the background coming up and stuff. And he's like, you know, like, hey, you know, I need you to come with me. Um, you're Charlie. You know, don't worry about it. I'm cool with it. It's cool that you kill these people and stuff. You know, I was acting creepy at the beginning of the film, too. So we, maybe it could be creepy together. You know what I mean? You like video games. You like AOL chatting. That's right up my alley. So just come with me. And then she eventually, like, freaks out and she runs. And Gerald, uh, uh, she runs outside. The police see her. It's like, hey, that's Ed's daughter. And then they see uh, fucking Gerald behind him with an axe. They're like, oh, fuck. Look at that guy. They shoot his ass. <laughs> All right. If I can, no, no. I like how they say, like, hey, that's that biker guy. And they just fucking shoot his that's ass. That's biker guy? <laughs> and then uh, and then he's dead and stuff. And then the, she, the Lily uh, hugs the cop Macintosh and stuff. He's like, oh, don't worry. The nightmare's over and everything. There'll be no more murders in this town. And, of course, she <laughs> smiles because she was in on it. And then we get some lame country music. Move and then the movie fucking ends. move over, Michael Myers. Why do we even need him anymore? We got a fucking we have Lily. Lily now. Yes, we have Lily, the crazy murderer. The some Frank. I was confused. So the movie basically has the same ending as the Omen. Yes. Right. So the, in the Omen, he the dad's about to kill the little kid, and he's like, no, 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 and he's like going to stab him because he's like the spawn of Satan, and then the cops show up and shoot the dad. And then they go over and they hug the little kid, the little Antichrist kid, and then he has the big smile and it ends. Yes. So it has the same ending as the Omen, essentially. I guess. This was terrible. This movie was terrible. <laughs> it had a couple good scenes. Like, it seemed like it was going places, but boy, that fucking, at the, I just felt like, I was like, okay, like, I, I like when they like, you know, you don't see it coming. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But like, 
it's like when you do too many red herrings of different characters, yeah. it just gets confusing. It's like, okay, well, why, why, why did why, so Geralt acted all weird because why? Like, okay, right. because he was in on the in on it. Like, why did he have to act weird then? Like, I'm it was just confusing. Yeah, like so that's the problem, right? Is that that's the problem with the whole movie? Really, the whole plot is that they did everything they could do to make you think this one person couldn't possibly be the killer. I guess it just wasn't done very smart. Like they should add things where everybody could be the killer, kind of like an Agatha Christie um, story, sort of like kind of how Friday the 13th is made. Yeah. But, um, but they, they made it, they made you absolutely sure that Lily couldn't possibly be the killer that when she turns out to be the killer, you feel like you've been cheated. Yeah, because it's it, almost like they've lied to you. Yeah, it's like kinda, they gave you. It's almost like they gave you false information. I guess. Yes. But yeah, that's it, man. Edge of the act, brother. Starting up the sleazy slasher month hot, in a way. Confused as shit with Edge mm. of the Axe, brother. Mm. But uh, we will be continuing this sleazy slasher month. Because up next, we're going all the way to Boston, brother. Because we will be doing pieces. Move over. I hope this is better. Move over, fucking. Te- Why the fuck do we even need Texas Chainsaw Massacre, brother? We have pieces. Okay. Move yeah, you over. You don't have to go to Texas for a massacre, right? Or what yes. is the tagline? Yeah, we don't have to go to Texas for a massacre, brother. We got it all here. But join us, everybody, for next week. We'll be talking about about pieces. Allison, do you have anything to end on? Edge of the Axe. I think we kind of explained everything yeah, pretty well. Um, kind of. I would recommend, as egotistical as this will sound, I would recommend listening to this episode instead of watching the movie. Yes. Um, <laughs> our show is way more entertaining than this movie is, but it was way more fun to talk about the movie than it was to actually watch it. Yes, that I is will true. say that. That it was yeah, true. I mean, yes. this is because, you know, like our whole, the whole thing, the whole like conceit of our show, right, is that. This is what it would be like if we went to see a movie and then we were talking about it at a bar afterwards. So that's what this is like. Yeah. And that's what this conversation would have been like. So this is just, it's way more fun to talk about it than it was to uh, to, uh, to, to watch yes. it. And there are going to be horror movies like that. You know, there's some where you really got to think about them. They have good plot. They want to talk about the scenery, the, the obviously the, the plot, the characters, the actors. And then there's some like this shit where you just got to like figure it out. So, but everybody... Well, but you couldn't figure it out. That's my complaint. Yes. We got Swerve, brother. Swerved a couple ways. But everybody, thanks for joining us here on the Retro Blood. We'll be seeing you next week with Pieces. And Allison, what do you want to have leave everybody with music here today? What are we going to listen to? Let's play something from that Corner album that came out this week, uh, you know, the week of this movie. Uh, Let's play... This will be appropriate. Let's play Die By My Hand. Yeah, brother. Die by my hand. Just like our girl Lily did, apparently, with the car wash and all these other scenes, even though she was doing some AOL chatting. She was dying, killing everybody by her hand. Mm-hmm. All right, everybody. The edge of an axe. Yes. The edge of the axe. All right, everybody. We'll check you later. See you, guys. <laughs>